1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place, and this is a banner day for us here at Game Changers Radio. We are re-debuting a series I worked with a couple of years ago, 2013-2014, it's Startup Focus with Game Changers. So many interesting companies to meet, so many things to talk about, the innovation mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset, the energy that goes into startups. Where are they? Who are they? How do they see the world? What are they bringing to the various marketplaces? Today, we're going to talk about the startup mindset, innovation for sale. Let me start with my usual, the buzz. The buzz is, congratulations on your startup, but how will you know when your new company is a success? I have an answer. It might be a little simple, but let's see how this floats with our panel in a few minutes. You will know you're a success when a big enterprise answers your call or your email or your knock on the door. You know how that goes. What's in it for them? Why should they talk to you? Well, you're disruptive products and solutions, and hey, you're a startup. you got to disrupt something. They are going to deliver the level of innovation big companies cannot develop on their own. Why is it a challenge for them? Well, the the debate goes on, but some say it's the cost. Some say that the internal culture in a big company is change-resistant or change-averse. Some say, and many say, it's a lack of agility. They just can't move fast enough. And what about the employees they're expecting to be entrepreneurs? coming up with new ideas, it might be a slow process. Hey, if it's not your full-time job and they put you in a think tank, maybe the ideas just aren't going to flow as fast as the company needs. So let's look at the mindset of the entrepreneurs we're talking about today. How do today's successful entrepreneurs go from that initial vision to getting the big players to say, yes, we want to talk to you. We want to work with you. We want to do business with you. We have a panel of startups and business advisors today who are going to help us figure out this puzzle and work our way through the maze of the entrepreneurial mindset, the startup mindset. Let me just tell you who's on the panel, and then we will start with their opening quotes. First up in a moment, I will be speaking with Ian Nazari, CEO of Huru Systems, that's H-U-R-U, and in a little while Ian will tell us what he does. We're also welcoming Simon Bain, CEO of Search Your Cloud. That's all one word. We'll talk to him about his company. And rounding out the panel is Dave Katona at SAP Startup Focus. He helps to mentor and drive go-to-market efforts for startups in the Americas. Now, let me welcome Ian Nazari with the quote he sent me from Richard Feynman. And by the way, Ian, side note, I ordered Richard Feynman's book on Amazon, and it's waiting with my doorman right now for me to go get after the show. Richard Feynman, uh, here's a quote from the Rogers Commission report on the Space Shuttle Challenger accident in the appendix 1986. But first, Richard Feynman, Full name Richard Phillips Feynman lived from 1918 to 1988. He was an American theoretical physicist known for his work in the path integral formulation of quantum mechanics. I'll leave it there. Uh, just and more interestingly, he was a keen popularizer of physics through books and lectures, including a 1959 talk on top-down nanotechnology called There's Room, Plenty of Room at the Bottom. And here's another side note here. Feynman became known through his semi-autobiographical books. Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. That's the one I'm going to read later today. And what do you care what other people think? And books written about him. So here's the quote Ian has selected. Quote, for a successful technology, reality must take precedence over public relations for nature Cannot Be Fooled. Ian Nazari, very excited to welcome you as the first of our panel here on the new Season 2 of Startup Focus. How are you, Ian?
2: I'm doing very well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, we are delighted. Talk to me. I know you're in in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. You're sounding a little bit far away, but I think we'll manage to hear you. So tell me, are you a big follower fan of Richard Feynman, and how does this quote apply to our topic, the intra-entrepreneurial, the startup mindset today. Talk to me, Ian.
2: Well, actually, Richard Feynman has been a massive inspiration for me. Um, I think that the basic principle that Feynman works by is don't believe anything until you test it, prove it, and question every aspect of it. And uh, I, th- I sort of had, um, I, uh, I started reading uh, Richard Feynman when I was uh, actually in high school. And uh, it moved me to question not only um, experts but pretty much anybody that um, I came in contact. With. And I didn't take anything for granted. Um, and I think that you know, going straight to the quote, uh, you know, there's so much PR in the world today. They sell you, they sell you ideas, and they sell you smoke and mirrors, and they sell you just pretty much anything that they want you to believe in. And um, I, I, I. I, I you know, pretty much take pretty much everything not with a grain of salt, but with a you know a rock of salt. And <laughs> uh, uh, and and I just pretty much like to question. Actually, come to to an uh, understanding um, by myself in my particular scenario. I actually um, have ran uh, two companies now, the Systems, which I started about three years ago. But prior to that, I, I manufactured security products, which were um, extremely complex to track and uh, verify. And um, through my process of, of critical thinking and, uh, and through uh, getting down to the bottom of it, uh, you know, what needed to be done, uh, it allowed me to create a solution that actually um, really solved a very serious problem, not only in the utility industry, but in many, many areas as well.
0: Nice to meet you, Ian, and we're going to be talking a little more about Huru Systems when we get farther into the conversation, and uh, you were the one on our prep call last week who said, Bonnie, you have to read his books earlier, joking, Mr. Uh, Feynman, and I took you seriously, uh, so I know I'm going to have have some good reading after the show today. Thank you so much. A pleasure to speak with you, Ian Nazari, and now let's bring on our yes, second panelist, Simon Baines, CEO of Searcher Cloud, and Simon has sent us a quote from Antoine de Sant'Exupo Le Petit Prince, known as The Little Prince. Let me just read a little background here. And I quote from uh, Wikipedia and Amazon. Few stories are as widely read and as universally cherished by children and adults alike as The Little Prince. The Little Prince was first published in 1943. It's a novella, the most famous work of French aristocrat writer, poet, and pioneering aviator Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. He lived from 1900 to 1944. Let me give a little more background here in case anybody has been basically reading other books and sitting under a rock all these years. The novella is the fourth most translated book in the world. Talk about being a startup. And was voted the best book of the 20th Mm -hmm. century in France. It's been translated into over 250 languages and dialects, including Braille. It sold more than 2 million copies annually with sales over 140 million copies worldwide and has become one of the best-selling books ever. It has been adapted into art forms audio recordings, radio plays, live stage, film, TV, ballet, and opera. So there, very famous quote, a very famous work. And here's the quote Simon Bain has selected from Monsieur de Saint-Exupéry. And now here is my secret, a very simple secret. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Oh, Simon, I'm all dreamy now. Thank you very much. How are you, Simon Bain? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for this quote. Thank you for the remembrance of Le Petit Prince. So tell me, how did you pick this quote, and how does it relate to our topic? We're talking about startups. How would Antoine de Saint-Exupéry say, what, a quote from Le Petit Prince on a radio show on the internet talking about startups? Why don't you connect the dots for us?
3: Yeah. um, The reason that quote is it's a book that I was given when I was eight or nine years old, and it stayed with me my whole life, and I couldn't tell you why. I, I didn't know half the facts you just told me about the book. Um, <laughs> it, it, the, the story itself is one that stayed with me. And the story and those quotes are how, well, that quote is is how I've tried to, to be and how I've tried to live with the company and companies that I've started. And that particular quote, I think, is very pertinent to startups. Um, I, I sit on a number of, of websites helping startups and there are a lot of questions there of how do I start a startup, what idea do I need to come from, um, what's the best mechanism of starting a startup. And I'm afraid I'm quite callous, if if you have to ask those questions, then you're probably best working at a startup or going and working for a big company, um, which I know isn't politically correct. but if you're going to do a startup it has to come from the heart it's got to be something that other people haven't necessarily seen it's got to be something that you truly believe in it has to be part of you because if it's not part of you it's not that you're going to fail but you don't have true belief in it and you'll pivot all over the place and you'll find a lot of startups who fail is because they they don't have true belief in what they're doing and that belief comes from what is invisible to the eye it can only come from within you the passion for a startup the The passion that enables you to get up in the morning without being paid. The passion which enables you to get up in the morning when you're being told that what you're doing is incorrect. And then that call comes through from whoever it happens to be. And you realize, yep, that hard work paid off. And that is it. It's a very simplistic thing. It's a very simple secret that a lot of people don't seem to understand is that if you're going to do a startup, it has to be from passion. It has to be something that you truly believe in that can only come from the heart that nobody else can see.
0: Thank you, Simon. I was listening to you when you started, and I was waiting for that P word, passion. I was going to interject, and I'm glad you brought it up, because that I think passion is the power. That's the, I believe in this, as you said. I have something new, something disruptive, something special, something you have never seen before. Why do I know this? Because it's my passion. Is That's the energy. That's the fuel. That's the rocket fuel. Would you agree with that?
3: Very much so. If you don't have the passion, if you, if you're just going through life thinking, I want to be an entrepreneur, well, yeah, entrepreneurship, and I, I don't like people calling themselves entrepreneur, and the idea of a, um, an internal entrepreneur in house one is kind of bizarre. Um, <laughs> I, it's not a word which I think people should give to themselves. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would never put on my card, I'm an entrepreneur, because I don't believe I am. Um, the true entrepreneurs, I'm obviously originally from the UK. In, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, the true entrepreneurs were those people who came across to the UK from wherever they were and started up the corner shop and then started up another shop next to them. It's someone who starts with nothing and has true passion and really believes in what they're doing.
0: I like that, and and I like the fact of uh, using passion as one of the key words here, Simon, because I know, uh, already speaking to Ian Nazari, and perhaps you, and, and Dave Katone is going to join us in a second, that many of the people I've spoken to in the first season of this series, Startup Focus with Game Changers, in 2013 and 2014, were serial entrepreneurs. That means yeah. they're ready to do one, and then they either launch it, fold it, sell it, whatever exit strategy that is best for them at that time, and then they move on to another one that passion that fuel it seems to me that i'm glad we're calling this episode of the debut of the series the re-debut i call it is the innovation mindset the startup mindset because i think it is a mindset rather than just a project okay i'm going to invent a new widget wow i did it i sold it i'm happy i'm going to go back and do nothing or go back for work for a big company it's i think it's something that's in your blood would you agree with that simon I, I would if I could check that. I, I think it's very much in your blood. And if it's not there, I'm, I
3: often tell people, don't do startups when they ask me, oh, I want to do this great idea. And if you don't have it in your blood, if, if you don't have that, I mean, here's a classic example. Ian's just said that he's, he's on his second one. And I know when this one's gone, he'll be on to a third and a fourth. If you don't have that passion, if you don't have it in your blood and you don't have that blind stupidity. I'm going to bring that in (laughs) because if you don't have that blind stupidity of not caring what other people say, and more importantly, not caring if you fail. Um, A lot of people I know will say to me, oh, we would never go into um, playing a game with you, a betting game with you. Not that I'm any good (laughs) because I'm absolutely useless, but I don't care if I lose. (laughs) And it's that not caring attitude that matters. So even if I lose, I don't care, but I will carry on playing until the death.
0: Thank you very much. Very good insights
3: to that mindset.
0: It is. It is. Let me just read a quick definition here. I looked up entrepreneur. Of course, there must be 5,000 definitions, but this one is from uh, Joseph Alois Schumpeter, who was alive from 1883 to 1950. He says, an entrepreneur is someone who exercises initiative by organizing a venture to take benefit of an opportunity. And as the decision maker decides what how and how much of a good or service, good meaning a product, will be produced. They supply the risk capital as a risk taker. They monitor and control the business activities. They usually own the majority of shares and blah, blah, blah. Very interested. They're not necessarily motivated by profit, but regard it as a standard for measuring achievement or success. Agree with that, Simon?
3: Um, You've just hit on one really important thing. The vast majority, if not all entrepreneurs, do not do it for money. Now, I know people see that the entrepreneur is the new rock star. Um, money is secondary to every entrepreneur that I know. They do not care about money. Yes, they've been very lucky because they're successful. Some aren't successful, but they will still get up and do it again in the morning. Money is not the driving factor. You can't succeed if your driving factor is money. You will only succeed on that passion.
0: Thank you very much. Good intro. Dave, we've kept you waiting. You're so patient. Thank you very much. Dave Katona works at SAP with the Startup Focus team and works as a mentor in driving go-to-market efforts. And Davis sent me an interesting quote from Chef Auguste Gusteau. We've got a little Francais here on the show today, who was a, uh, according to my look up here, a recently deceased chef in the anime. I'm not sure who killed him, in the animated film Ratatouille. And Ratatouille, those of you who cook know that it's a dish. It's a, uh, I think it's a conglomeration of different vegetables and a tomato base, if I remember. And let me just tell you, Ratatouille was a renowned an extremely talented chef. Let me see who is this now. Um, 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 um. It's a 2007 American computer animated comedy film produced by Pixar. Uh, now let me read, read some proper stuff here. Uh, it was released by Buena Vista Pictures Distribution. It was the eighth film produced by Pixar, and the title refers to a French dish ratatouille. But it's also a double entendre because a rat, an anthropomorphic rat interested in cooking, who was played by Patton Oswalt voice. The character was Remy. Uh, that was the play on words, Rat, R-A-T, Ratatouille. Think about it. Okay. Uh, it premiered on June twenty second, 2007 at the Kodak Theater in L.A. It grossed $620.7 million at the box office and won an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. So let me read the quote from Chef Auguste Gusteau. And here's the quote. Anyone can cook, but only the fearless can be great. Dave katona are you in the kitchen right now? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and so
4: I appreciate you uh, 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 defining the quote so accurately, Bonnie. So uh, and this gets down to, you know, I, I, I've quoted many uh, business books uh, in my career, and this gets down to the experience that I had with my son uh, going to uh, the uh, Theater owned by uh, Disney, and uh, uh, seeing one of the early premieres uh, of Ratatouille, and understanding what that quote really exemplifies when in regards to a startup, and and to to go off of Simon's point about passion, and mm-hmm. uh, for me that quote and that film in general for for me and and personally my son uh, myself being a, a complete and total foodie. Um, really shows that it is about selfless selfless passion and the drive uh, to be you know who you need to be and really driving towards your goal and that's really where the inspiration comes from that quote and I've seen too many times uh, to Simon's point people that have you know branded themselves as entrepreneurs and uh, people that have founded, you know, companies and driven uh, towards uh, specific technology goals. And it really comes down to that personal drive. And if anyone has not seen the film, you need to see the film just to see the quest that someone completely from the outside uh, completely does not fit the role being able to be highly successful in that role. And that's really uh, one of my passions, uh, having worked at a total of seven startups mm. and uh, three very large companies. I've seen it from the outside and the inside of uh, really the art of what's possible with startups. And for me, you know, personally, that, that's really what it gets down to is literally, you know, innovation, And drive can come from anywhere, but it really comes down to that passion that's built in. Um, And it's not just about doing, it's not just about being brilliant, but it's really about truly that extra something special um, that you have to have, that selfless drive uh, to make things happen.
0: Very, very interesting. Let me pose a question. This is the part of the show where I usually do an up close and personal. We'll get to that, asking each of you where you're calling from, what time of day or other time of day it is, morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever, and what you're drinking, what your favorite beverage is. Or as an engineer who was on the show last week told me, Bonnie, don't say beverage. Ask them what liquid they drink. So I sit corrected. Uh, yes, uh, I want to know... Um, Ian Nazari, first with you, just a quick answer. Are enterprises that understand this entrepreneurial startup mindset, this passion, this drive, do they have a list of entrepreneurs they want to talk to? Like, would they come to you, Ian Nazari, and say, well, you've already started two very successful companies. What's coming up next in the next 24, 48 months from you, Ian? We want to talk to you. Is there like a pre-welcome? I'm just looking for a reality check on how enterprises are working with entrepreneurs, especially in the tech field. Ian, what's your thought on that (laughs)
2: there's there's two there's two ways of thinking okay um there's a charlatan and there's the, the, the real the real person um i tell people if you don't know your stuff don't even try don't if you don't really have as as simon said if you don't really have that that different mindset where you're saying look i know my stuff and i'm gonna put in my time Gonna put in my time, and I'm gonna do whatever is necessary. Then doors will absolutely open to you. They won't come looking for you. You, as the entrepreneur or the the go getter, you have mm-hmm. to go and say, okay, where where is my vision? Where am I gonna go? And that vision is, if it is enterprise, you have to have that vision. I had that vision three and a half years ago when I started. I said, I know where I'm gonna. I don't know how I'm going to get there, Mm -hmm. but I know I will be there, and I know I'm going to be there because there is no road that is going to be too narrow, too high, too low, too flooded, too, you know, catching fire. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I will get there, and I know that when I do get there, I will be the expert in the room. I will be that man that they're they're going to put me through the fire, I'm going to walk through it. And I'm going to come out the other side unscathed because I'm going to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. And that is really what it takes. In today's world, we are in a very advanced concept of enterprise. And you really, in order for you to be in that room, you really have to understand not only from the very micro, but also from the very macro consequences of the technology that you're doing.
0: Uh, Ian, while you're yeah, talking, that made... Great. Does that... Does it, yes, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Kind of on a circular way, but it's interesting. Uh, while you were speaking, I was thinking of a song. I, no, I'm not going to sing, gentlemen. Please don't put your earmuffs on. But the song was ain't, Mo- ain't No Mountain High Enough, sung by Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye way back in the day. You're all probably, I think, too young for this. I don't know. Dave might remember this one. But the lyric I was thinking was, Oh, baby, there ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you, Oh, babe, I know it was about a relationship, but I'm thinking uh, the mindset is I'm going to find something that these enterprises need. As, as Ian said, they may not be knocking on your door, but you've got to have your mindset on for whom your product or service will make life better, make their company better, make their customers' lives better. You have to think of of that end game. I think I'm I'm in the right direction on this. Ian, thank you. Let me get an answer from Simon Bain. Simon, are are entre- enterprises sitting there with their door open? saying, wow, Simon, we can't wait to see what your next startup venture is. We know you've got this passion and you're so brilliant and, wow, the door is open anytime. Does it work that way, Simon? Uh, generally, no. Um, <laughs> uh, just, we can dream, to, can't we? <laughs> yeah, just, just coming <laughs> to, to one thing that I, I, I
3: think the, the something that Ian has just mentioned but probably didn't want to use the word. Um, most people who do startups are very arrogant, just like most very good sports people are arrogant. Because they have to be. They have to know they're the best. They, they have to know when they walk into that room that nobody is better than them. And it's not because they believe that. And as I was talking to someone today, it's not that I believe I'm better than anybody else because I know everybody's better than me, and which means everyone's on the equal. What it means is you have to have the confidence to, to know when you walk into that room with a large enterprise, that there's nobody in that room who can talk down to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
3: saying you have to go and knock on their door, yes, you do. Um, but every now and again one will come knocking on your door and mm. say, can you? And at that point is also very uh, as important as when you go knocking on other doors. It's no, no easier because if a large enterprise comes knocking and says, can you do? Or will you be doing? Or your next time, is it possible to? If you're not careful, you end up going away from what your, your passion is and just work into what they want.
4: Um, so yes, occasionally
3: they do, but more often than not, it's a lot of legwork that you've got to go around knocking on doors before one finally
0: opens. Thank you. I like the reality check. I think that's what we really need to give our listeners. Dave Katona, you're on the, the mentoring side. What do you observe in terms of are the doors open? Uh, do you agree with Ian and Simon? You've got to really kick down doors. You've got to make those calls. You've got to make sure you're in the right place at the right time. What's your POV on this, Dave?
4: Yeah, I absolutely agree. This gets down to some of the fundamentals. This gets down to what I called, you know, truly and back to my quote: being fearless. And you cannot be arrogant, but you have to be fearless and not be afraid to put yourself out there to uh, these companies and not be afraid to ask for the right help at the right time. And what I found uh, in, in both being on the outside, working at startups, and on the inside, working at large companies, it, it comes down to one simple, you know, qualifying factor, which is you have to have that drive to be able to push yourself forward in such a way with what I call having that credible evidence and value all the way along the line. And you have to be, you know, fearless. And I I go back to that word constantly of being fearless and not being afraid to put yourself forward and out there. And it's amazing to me to see uh, so many startups uh, out there that have great technologies, great capabilities, but are not able to really put themselves out there in such a way saying, I'm a small company, but I have the ability to meet with a a CIO or a COO because I do have a unique value in the marketplace.
0: Thank you very much. Good, good round robin on that one. Thank you for letting me introduce a little uh, sidebar here. Now we're going to find out who you are, where you are, and what you like to drink. So Ian Nazari, tell us where you are, what time of day, and what's in your cup right now, or what are you planning to drink after the show?
2: Well, um, right now it's uh, 1.30 in the afternoon. I am in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I am uh, living here doing my, uh, I'm actually pretty much uh, taking my product to market to the utilities here in Brazil as my start. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, the fact that I'm living in Brazil, I've had a chance to explore Brazil quite a bit and travel to different areas. And I actually went to a place called Minas Gerais and I brought back with me the best coffee of Brazil. And I drink that on a very regular basis. And being in Brazil, I drink coffee pretty much uh, all day. And uh, the coffee that I drink is actually called Café Café Fazenda Ninho de Águia. I'm going to have to send that to you. (laughs) Um, Ninho de de Águia means uh, the eagle's nest. It's called Farm Eagle's Nest. And uh, I'm going to just go ahead and spell it out to you because I'd like you to look it up if you can.
0: Yeah, sure, um,
2: go ahead. Ninho is N-I-N-H-O space E-A-A-G-U-I-A. Yep. Yep. And Ninho de is a fazenda. Fazenda would be farm in Portuguese. Fazenda would be F-A-Z-E-N-D-A. Fazenda Ninho de If you Google it, um, they were actually uh, ranked number one uh, in Brazil, uh, I think for three years running, and they're an organic uh, um, coffee maker. They're actually very small, and they're one. It's honestly, it's a it's a 100 arab, uh, uh, arab um, uh, arabica. I call it arabica, mm-hmm. uh, Arabic grains, uh, and they're hand picked. Each one is hand sorted and hand picked and hand separated. It's I saw the operation over there. It's a delight. And not only is it a delight to have been there, but it's to drink it's just a spectacular.
0: Thank you, Ian. I Googled it and I got a whole bunch of articles on it. Cafe Fazenda Niño de Aguia, and I have one here called Cafe Gourmet, um Grau, Grauas de Fazenda Niño de Aguia. Sorry, I'm butchering this. And they're all in Spanish, so I can't I can't read any of them. But but anybody who wants to take that spelling and look I think there's probably a way to translate these, right? There must be a way to yeah, do this. isn't it? Yeah, I There's, think Google
2: they, can do the it because they know that as well. They
0: even have a page on Facebook, Cafe Fazenda Nino de Aguia. Yes. Oh, mm, this yes, looks that, good. That's oh, the one I'm, to go to. That's yeah, I'm good. looking at the uh, the bag here. I'm looking at the bag, and I'm looking at the brewing, and they even have their own cups. This is very exciting. Thank you very much. A drink up. Drink up. Thank you very much. Okay. And Simon Bain, where are you today, and what, what powers you as an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur? What's in your cup today, and where are you?
3: Um, I'm actually in a hotel just outside San Francisco Airport. as I landed from New York yesterday. I took a day trip to New York. And in my cup is actually a, quite a bad cup of coffee. Um, oh, I am a coffee oh. drinker, but the hotel <laughs> coffee isn't great. Um, so normally, I will drink espressos from a, a company called Phil's. And that's where I'll be going after this call to go and get a, a double espresso. And
0: that is definitely what powers me. I'm glad to hear that. Glad yes, we've had many people on the show talk about Phil's coffee. So shout out to Phil's. Thank you. You got Sorry. to rescue Simon Bain here with a good cup of coffee. And Dave Catona, where are you, Dave?
4: I am actually sipping on a Pete's Coffee iced coffee.
0: Ooh. That's a little and bit. And to, oh, cream. You got any sugar in it?
4: No sugar, actually.
0: Oh, you're a brave soul. That can be very, I am very a brave strong. Soul. <laughs> I know my iced coffee. I, I didn't ever like iced coffee or coffee ice cream until recently, and I I went from a Keurig to a Nespresso. Now I have a red Nespresso machine to match my red kitchen. Yes, red, uh, what do I have here? Red quartz countertops. Ooh, not quite matching my hair. And um, I, I recently was in the city to see a couple of Broadway shows. I'm in New York and went to, I think it was Olive Garden. And for dessert, I ordered an iced coffee that was, of course, loaded with vanilla ice cream and whipped cream. But I was of inspired. Course to try my own. So my version is brew a cup of half-calf Nespresso, a really good dark cup. Don't add anything to it. Let it cool in the refrigerator. Take a little mini blender. I have a little two-cup mini blender. Put in one ice cube. Oh, about a couple ounces of the coffee, then some 1% milk, and then a little bit of a squeeze of of agave syrup, and blend it, pulse it a couple times, and then take the lid off and stick the straw right into the cup from the blender, and oh... It's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. So I've learned to drink iced coffee, but we digress. We're going to take a break, believe it or not. It's already 34 after, but I'm having such a good time talking to our entrepreneurs. We've got passion here. We've got fearless people who are conquering their markets. They're thinking outside the box. They are coming at this from, I have an idea, somebody needs it, and I'm going to make it happen. So we're talking with Ian Nazari, Simon Bain, and Dave Katona. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be back in six. seconds. You can count them. Michael out.
1: In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like Big Data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line? If you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big Data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO.com. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
0: Yes, this is the debut of a series we did in 2013 and 14. I'm thrilled to be here with Ian Nazari and Simon Bain and Dave Katona. And a shout-out to Manju Banzal at SAP for contacting me. And I said, hey, you want to bring back the series? And he said, you bet we're going to do it. And here we are. And also the lady who helped put together this panel and the topic, Christina Sosa. Christina is listening and tweeting. And Christina couldn't have picked three better panelists for the debut. I'm very, very pleased to be speaking with them. So, Ian Azari, enough of me buttering the three of you up here. we got to get down to business. It's time for our roundtable and our real roundtable, the formal roundtable. Uh, Ian, I'm looking at your notes and here are a couple of very provocative statements. I'm going to read a couple and then ask you to spend about a minute and a half, two minutes expanding these and then we'll get Simon Baines' POV and Dave Katona's as well. So, Ian, here's a couple things that interest me from your list. You say, be ready to throw everything out and start from zero fear is the number one inhibitor to change let me start with that one and then let's couple it with another statement you sent me you say don't be afraid to explore new tech old tech answer this question for yourself is old technology obsolete figure out the perfect meeting place of old and new so talking about starting from zero and then, are we really throwing out everything that's old, or can we refresh it? And my favorite phrase in French, Ian, is plus a change, plus a la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Ian Azari, why don't you kick this <laughs> off for us?
2: Thank you, Bonnie. Um, I'm going to go. That's a great, that's a great segue. I, um, Thank you. Don't be afraid to start from zero. I'm going to allude to two, two markets. I'm going to allude to myself, and I'm also going to allude to SAP itself. Um, SAP is most probably the biggest example of starting from zero. Mm. Um, they themselves are actually reinventing the way the world works. Um, in particular, I think that Dave will be able to actually uh, go into this as well. There is a there is a shift, uh, a, a total paradigm shift happening at SAP, where they're actually now moving, a, and very aggressively, through the startup program and other channels, to actually make a massive move worldwide, uh, from what would, be, what would be understood as on-site platforms uh, to cloud uh, networking and platforms and through what, what they call uh, the HANA Cloud Platform and um, the HANA Analytics Interface. And um, that is really one of the most beautiful uh, examples of what is uh, the concept of starting from zero. Uh, mm-hmm. and really just changing the way and the momentum and creating a tidal wave uh, for the future. Okay, and this is uh, on as on, on it, it pertains to SAP. In my case, um, when I, when uh, about three and a half years ago, I actually hit a wall. I hit a wall of uh, insatisfaction where I said, "Okay, you know what? Uh, things have to change. There is a, there's a tidal wave coming, and I want to be part of it. And um, my vision at the time was of I, I an understanding of of new technologies." And obviously me working with old technologies and understanding where the meeting place would, would be and what I could do to maximize my old technology uh, with new technology in order to meet the demands that are going to be coming forward in the future. So for me, um, it was a point. It was, it was a point of understanding of, of saying, okay, and, and this is where the concept of fear comes in. It's like, wow, you know, that's, a very big, that's a very big jump. And, mm-hmm. and in my case, it was pretty much saying, okay, either I do it or I don't. Obviously the obvious answer was I'm I'm gonna create my vision, I'm gonna to stick to it, and I'm gonna go for it. And there's no looking back at that point. And uh pretty much that is exactly what happened. And this is where we are today. Uh we're have ex- executed a paradigm shift. I'm working with S and P and um moving forward with uh you know, from starting from zero. And here we are.
0: Thank you, Ian. Very thoughtful answer. I want to get a weigh-in here from uh, from uh, Simon Bain. Simon, thoughts on this in your experience? Throwing out the old, looking at old and new, perfect meeting place. What do you think?
3: I think you, you, you have to be prepared to throw everything out. Um, Ian talked about fear. You've got to be fearless, um, knowing you're right, now I'm not a great believer in pivoting. If you have your vision you you keep going for it. But there are times and I had to do it myself about three and a half, four years ago when I bought the company across to the US. You have to start from scratch. You have to say, No, this isn't working. I'm gonna stop. Not gonna carry on. I'm gonna stop what we're doing and we are going to refocus, restart down this path. And yeah, you have to be ready to to take that leap. You have to have that fearless objection to be able to say, I'm going to do this regardless. I don't care. This is what's happening. So, yes, I completely agree. I'm sorry. Sorry, it gets boring. Um, but if you don't Not at all. That, no, no, no. This, is, you, this is not boring. This is good stuff. If you don't have that ability to do that, <laughs> then you're just going to keep going down in a rut, and you, you end up following the following those ruts down, following the railway lines, and everything stays the same. Um, I was in an SAP meeting last week, and it was a, a fantastic quote that someone stood up and said, I'm going to but, I'm going to put a bet now on what's the next best thing that's going to come out of universities in five or six years' time, and it's going to be the on-premise revolution. Um, And as Ian says, everything goes around in circles, but every now and again you have
0: to stop, look, say, no, we are going to start afresh. Thank you. Dave Katona, what do you think?
4: Well, uh, it's... this gets down to, and and, and I, I concur with it, you know it, both Dean and, and Simon. You, you've literally got to hit hit the reset button and focus. And I, I I keep coming back to this word fearless. You've got mm-hmm. to push hard. That's that's the bottom line. You know that's that's really what, what you've got to do. And uh, we've we've got huge opportunities, but we also have huge hurdles. And
3: hmm.
4: we've literally got to, you know, literally push, uh, you know, how we uh, uh, get to the next level w- with these folks.
3: Can I jump in there, please? Please do. Yeah. Please do. Go ahead. Um, I hate... The term hurdles, there's no such thing as a hurdle, it's just something getting in your way, get rid of it, jump over it, push it out of the way, I don't give a damn. A hurdle is a mindset that you've put in your own place. Um, You can either overcome it or you can't. If you can't overcome it, you find a way around it. Ian?
0: Dave? Dave, you want to comment back on that? We can do a rebuttal round if you want.
4: And uh, Simon, you and I have uh, had many conversations over this. There are always going to be hurdles. And it gets down to how do you work together collectively as a team inside your company and with your partner to overcome those hurdles. I agree. And it it gets down to how do you navigate either over or around or eliminate those. And one of the things I found both being inside and outside of SAP is looking forward and seeing those obstacles and being proactive of what's next and Mm -hmm. if you if you're fearless you're passionate you have that technology you have the value you have the messaging it gets down to what's next what is going to prevent you from being successful and in seeing so many and being involved in so many startups that have been successful and have failed, looking at those obstacles and taking three steps back and looking at the road ahead. And, and when you look at the hurdle, when I call it hurdles, it, it gets down to what does, how high is it? And do I go over it, around it, or can I eliminate it? So when I call that a hurdle, those are the three, you know, three decision points you have to make strategically.
0: Mm -hmm. Who wants to come back Mm -hmm. to that one? I don't want to get stuck on hurdles, Uh, but I think some really good points are made. Just just
2: one one add-on. I I actually don't don't look at things as hurdles. I actually focus on something completely different, and that's my vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because you see, the, the the way I look at it, I look at it as I I have this vision, and am I going to have as as Dave calls them hurdles? Yeah, of course. But you see that, and that's why uh, one's plan. Okay, uh, you have a plan of, of execution. In my case, um, my my plan is actually very fluid, and I don't allow myself to to get in into a straight line, sort of, oh, that's my vision. I'm going to go, Yeah, I, I, I don't believe it, and I don't buy into it. I buy into, I know where my vision is, where I want to be, and how I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't matter. I will get there. And, yes, if I, because the problem is that if I, fo- if I focus on hurdles, I'm going to get stuck in hurdles. I'm actually focus on the end product.
0: I'm going to take this conversation. I'm going to move it into a, a slightly different direction because we have some. No, that's okay. That's okay. But I, it's a segue. Trust me on this. I think you know, I'm pretty good at segues by now. Simon Bain, I'm looking at your notes here and, and let's go back to our definition. I'm going to read a couple of, I think, very provocative notes from from you you sent me before the show. You say, first of all, the startup mentality is full of followers, people who generally are unable to put together a unique ID. Let's leave that on the table. Then you say, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. All you need is an MBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go out on a limb, I think, and say it's an overused title. Nobody has the right to proclaim on themselves, and certainly nobody who has yet to see beyond others. And then, yeah. So let's start with that it's full of followers and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur who gets to earn that title are there awards for passion and fearlessness and hurdle jumping or hurdle hurdle dissolving simon bain talk to me
3: okay well yeah it's it's something i truly believe that i work with a lot of entrepreneurs i work with a lot of people who want to be so-called entrepreneurs people who want to start up their own company and say look what i've done i've been the next xyz whoever um that's great really really pleased we you. really happy that you have that passion but actually you don't have any passion um they want to be it because it's the next rock star it's the next big thing they want to do it because they want to put on their cv i started this company um a true entrepreneur in my view as I've already said is the corner shop open the, the corner shop uh, operator the true entrepreneur is someone who does something out of passion because they need to do it they they don't rely on going out and raising money. That that, that sounds really hypocritical because I have obviously done that. But at the, the, the starting point, your starting point for the, for building a company shouldn't be, hm, how can I go and raise $3 bucks to start my company? And now I'm an entrepreneur. Um, raising money is part of being in the business, but it's not the entrepreneurship. The entrepreneurship is coming up with an idea, executing that idea, doing what Ian's just said, which is, Following it through, not looking necessarily at so-called hurdles or obstacles, but how can I get from A to B quickly, efficiently, and moving everybody out the way until they come around to my way of thinking. It's not about going to university, picking up an MBA. It's not about going onto a website and saying, can I do this? What's the best idea to come up with to become an entrepreneur? You have to earn the title entrepreneur. It's not one that you can bestow on yourself. Um, and Very, I, I really believe yeah. that. And I'm sorry if it offends a lot of people, but tough.
0: Well, I like that. I, I Nothing wrong. I don't think it's offending. I think it's asking people to step up, uh, man up, woman up, however, however yeah. you want to say it for everybody. And basically saying, so you have an idea. Big deal. And there were a couple of words I well, wanted in, to insert in there. In most but,
3: of the cases, they don't. They have somebody else's idea. I mean, how many Facebooks have there been and have been actually funded yet they're not anywhere else how many new ubers are there how many linkedins were there it's someone sees someone do something really good and then they want to jump on that bandwagon well no get your own idea or do something different on that platform don't just go and copy somebody else's idea because it's already been done you're not unique You've, you've just followed somebody else get a life
0: so, let me ask you a quick question, uh, Simon, since you're so passionate about this, and then we're we're going to see what Dave and Ian have to say. Uh, I've had entrepreneurs inventors, I'll say on my television show a couple of years ago, somebody who mentors inventors that's a poem if you don't know it and I, <laughs> and and this gentleman was saying it's as simple as taking a household object, uh, let's say a, a spaghetti tongs or something, and saying, oh, there's one little thing I'd like to do to tweak the handle of that tongs. maybe I'll put a little a little device in there where you can make them tighter or looser depending on the the width of the pasta you're trying to take out of the pot of boiling water and so if you just tweak it you can go into the the patent office and you can say i'm using this concept i know somebody else started it but i'm just adding one little tiny mechanical add-on here that's giving it a different purpose or a different set of uses because i see the need necessity is a mother invention well, quickly what's your thought on that simon
3: i think that is exactly what people should be doing so they're oh. not trying to follow somebody else's idea verbatim. I mean, in in my own case, I, I work, you know, we're, we're all about enterprise search. God, that's got to be one of the most boring parts of IT in the world, isn't it? Being able to find people's stuff. Um, so the idea of search wasn't my idea. I mean, I've been in the industry a long time, but I didn't discover search. I didn't invent search. Um, what I did was took search and said, right, okay, how can it actually work now? How can it be different? How can it enable people so i have took somebody else's idea and i've expanded on that and that works really well that's what it's all about is there's very few unique brands yes. spanking new ideas in this world
2: um, that's what i spawns wanted to, to another
3: which spawns to another which spawns to another and as you do that things then start to grow and and metamorphosize into something else um, thank you what i want to get should be
0: uh, thank you. I want to get Dave Katona in here. Yeah, we're. Oh, my goodness, we're already at the predictions round. Dave, one sentence comment on what Simon said, and then Ian, one sentence, and then we're going to go to predictions. Dave?
4: Sure. So uh, if I can uh, follow up on Simon's comments, it gets down to uh, uh, the innovations on what's already been done, and it gets down to mm-hmm. providing unique value on... Uh, you know, leveraging uh, things that already exist and what is the value pr- you provide over and above what's been yeah. done. And for me, in Startup Focus, we're always looking for what's next. Startup focused focuses on what's next, the innovators, like with Ian and uh Huru and Simon Bain with Search Your Cloud, it's literally what's next. And uh, a lot of people, and, uh, you know, I, I've seen people uh, count models like, oh, we're the next, you know, Uber. We're the next, you know, Airbnb-type model. People Uberize things, advertise, we're Uberizing this and that. It gets down to fundamental business models. What is the value you provide? What's the unique value you provide? Uh, in Simon's case, and I'll just call him out, he's got multiple patents on his technology. Uh, Ian's got uh, patents on his technology. Uh, both of the you know gentlemen on the phone today have actually provided specific value on what they can provide. There's a lot of hype in the marketplace today Mm -hmm. and cool things are cool, but it gets down to what can you provide in the marketplace today. Enterprises are looking for what is your value and that's the challenge. So innovators, thought leaders, and specific business value. And I'm going to try to wrap this up here. But it gets down to what can we do together as, Mm -hmm. you know, collectives looking at anybody can innovate. But it gets down to that passion and drive and that unique value you can provide and how clearly you can articulate your value to that market.
0: Dave, thank you. We are out of time. I have to interrupt you because I want to get a one-sentence wrap-up on predictions from Ian Nazari. Ian, I literally have time for – I'll give you two sentences. What do you see coming down the pike next year for entrepreneurs? Anything they should be aware of? Anything exciting you want to talk about for you? Ian Nazari, predictions. Two sentences. Go.
2: Actually, there's going to be a um, – sort of a uh, mixed wave. uh, People are going to become a lot more conscious about – uh, the relationship of uh, the human body with uh, phones and uh, and, um, and and these these handheld devices, um, I think that people do not really truly yet today grasp the actual uh, the the depth um, of interaction um, and how it's going to change not only from areas of medicine of uh, of, of purchasing and to whole other levels. We're actually um, uh, predictive analytics and analytics will actually be able to tell people, um, you know, before they even realize uh, things that they need and how, things that they need to do, uh, not only for for healthcare um, but also for um, lifestyle.
0: Thank you, Ian and my uh, Simon. I have one sentence for you: predictions. We are really at, at the end of the show, so give Sorry, me one I, sentence I, prediction.
3: I predict that uh, enterprises will start to actually look at security properly and not just use it as a marketing tool.
0: Ah, very interesting. Nice. I want to thank the three of you. Ian Nazari at Huru Systems, Simon Bain at Searcher Cloud, Dave Katona at SAP Startup Focus, Manju Banzal at SAP, and Christina Sosa who put this all together. Michael and the business channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my call to action. And here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. Whatever you're driving, you need to have the drive if you want to be an entrepreneur. Don't bandy it about. It's important. Use it well. Wear it well. So fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? It's time. Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Thrilled to be bringing back Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on The Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.